Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you prepare for when you're hit by the perfect storm. I'll also be interviewing resilience ninja Allison Graham in the second part of this two-part series. In the first segment, Allison shares her decade of hell and how she was able to find her own resilience. In the second interview, Allison reviews her latest book, Married My Mom, Birthed a Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks. This book will give you the tools you need to help you when you feel like you have no internal resilience. Visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash radio to hear the first part of this two-part series. You may also purchase Allison's book on Amazon or jamesmillerlifeology.com. For more information on Allison, please visit r-ninja.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Prepared for the storm. In the first part of this two-part series, before the interview with Allison, I talked about how to surround yourself with individuals when you are in that perfect storm, what you can do to help you find your focus, to help you look beyond the struggle that you're in. But in this lesson, I wanted to help you prepare for when life strikes, life is going to happen. We're all going to be blindsided by something and something will happen in our life. Now, of course, that's not to prophesy doom and gloom on anybody, but it's simply a fact of life. The more prepared you are for all life stressors, the more you'll be able to draw on your internal resilience to help you move beyond what you're struggling with. One of the most important things I help my listeners really look at is how do you start your day? How you start your day is indicative of how your day is usually going to go. When you start your day out with a morning ritual or some type of structure, it sets your day in motion to have structure. Getting up at the same time, making your bed every morning. Those are natural rituals that we always create But what about preparing yourself for your spirit, your mind, your body, however you want to quantify that? Some people call it your ego. How do you prepare? For an example, what I typically do is I start my morning with inspiration. The first half hour of my day is spent helping my spirit. My version of my spirituality is going to be different than other people's, but that is what I do every morning. That's how I start my day. And then my schedule allows me to go to the gym after that. And then after the gym is when I really start my day. And that's when I work on my mind. It's so important for each of us to make sure we have everything in balance in our life. Some people can be way too spiritual. Some people can be way too physically oriented. Some people can intellectualize things way too much. So when life hits us, if we're not balanced, 
it's going to be very difficult to find that self-encouragement. It's going to be difficult to maintain structure. So when you prepare for this beforehand, you'll be able to draw on it for when you need it. One thing to really look at is how often do you check in with yourself? And what I mean by that is this. If we don't practice listening to what our body tells us and listening to what our thoughts and feelings are, then we're going to be very reactive when situations happen. That's why it's very important to check in with yourself. And one way to do that is this. You randomly set an alarm on your phone. And when that alarm goes off, you ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 is the best I feel and one is the worst I feel. How is my physical body? If you feel that your body is doing pretty well, it's going to be a high number. And conversely, on a scale of one to 10, how are your emotions? If you feel that your emotions are low, the struggle is most times we think that if our emotions are low, then our body is also low. That unfortunately is not true. For example, you wake up and you're in a really bad mood and you think, oh my gosh, I have to lay in bed all day. Well, the reality is it's your emotions that are really low. Your body is probably at eight or nine, which means you can do all those things you need to do every day. If that includes going to the gym or some type of exercise or getting up and going to work, all of that you're able to do. But the problem is, is that when we link both things together, we often think we don't have the energy or aren't able to fulfill all the other activities we have. So let's say you check in with yourself at noon and you had an argument with someone at 8 a.m. And if you realize during this check-in that you're still holding on to those negative emotions and your number is low, you probably need to let that go. Because once you can learn to let that go, it resets it to the next time you check in. And the more often you practice that, the easier it is to let things go much more quickly. And the reason why that's important is when you can let something go right when it happens, you don't draw it into the next event and then the next event and the next event. And pretty soon, you don't even remember why you're upset, but you could look back and think this is the worst day ever. The reality is it wasn't the worst day ever. It was simply a couple of moments during the day that you didn't reset. And because of that, you now look at your day as if it was a horrible day. Another thing to really look at is every time you go through some type of struggle, simply ask yourself, what am I learning about myself right now? You've all heard me talk about my little dog, Bosley Whitaker. When we're out in the morning going for a walk, and if I'm on my phone and I have my coffee and he pulls on the leash, which is what our dog does, I simply stop and ask myself, James, what are you learning about yourself? And then I chuckle because I realize I get to learn patience today. And so that simple question of what am I learning about myself right now is so powerful because when you learn what the lesson is in that moment, and it doesn't have to be a big moment, but when you learn that lesson, that then helps you grow and develop with your emotional resilience, with your mental resilience, with your spiritual resilience. And the more learning you have, the more successful you will be. So therefore, when life does strike in a way that you weren't expecting, you'll practice these little tools to help you overcome any situation you're in. So remember, how you start your day is indicative of how it's going to go. Check in with yourself randomly to reset what you're experiencing. And lastly, ask yourself, what are you learning about yourself? I promise you that's a wonderful foundation to overcome any obstacle you may face. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today. Alison Graham is known as a resilience ninja. She built a multiple six-figure consulting business despite chronic nerve pain and other personal challenges. In addition to speaking on business development, she's a coach specializing in overcoming obstacles. Her latest book, Married My Mom, Birthed a Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, shows you how to fight back when life attacks and is the basis for the message she shares as a conference speaker. Welcome to my show, Alison. 
Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really glad to have you back as well. My listeners may not know this, but Allison was on my show before. So this is actually the second episode in a two-part series. So go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you can listen to the first episode there as well. So I'm excited to talk about your latest book, Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks. This is very relevant for many of us today. So this is going to be a great show. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. We all need to be relevant or yes. resilient yes. every day. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, I think originally I thought it was for the people who were climbing Mount Everest and going mm. for Olympic gold, and they were the ones who had the resilience <laughs> stories. And uh, apparently each of us every day has challenges. Yes, so. yes, we do. So tell me more about this. So give, let's give my listeners a little bit of the backstory about um, you had a, ten, a, a decade of uh, like when all hell broke loose in your life. It was the, the year, the decade of hell. Give us a little bit of the backstory about that so my listeners understand from where we're coming, and then we'll jump right into the book. Okay, great. So the decade of hell really began when I lost my dad and I didn't have the tools to grieve in mm. a way that would move me forward in my career and then or in in life and my career. And then the universe just kept piling on. Mm. I had a surgery that went wrong and caused permanent neuro neuropathic damage. And then I had a whole bunch of more surgeries to try to fix the first. And then I had eight injuries, oh a major gosh. like breaks, tears. It was just a lot. And then uh, a whole bunch of people who were really important in my life died very, mm. um, very suddenly. And through it all, I look back and hundreds of doctor's appointments and everything that goes with that and see how resilient I had to be because I still had to run a company. Yeah. I did successfully. Life goes on, sure. yeah. it, it does. And the funny thing is your clients don't really care mm -hmm. that you are in pain or yes. and not that they don't care, but at the end of the day, they're hiring you for a result. Exactly. And that's the only thing that matters. And so I had to continue to do that, even though the doctors had suggested I go on uh, disability and, and really dial back my expectations for my life, were the, the quote, your expectations for your life are, are too ambitious. Oh, goodness. Given your physical circumstances. Wow. That's, um, <laughs> that's very frustrating, obviously, but, you know, being a successful person like yourself. But to hear that, to think, well, then what is my expectation supposed to be? I'm just supposed to be a vegetable or I'm just supposed to watch TV all day. I mean, those expectations are pretty low. Well, and that, that I think is in many ways the easy answer. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's easier to be the victim. It's easier to just throw your hands up and say, this is my lot in life and I'm not going to move forward. And I am, I am going to let my challenges define my level mm -hmm. of success. That's the easier answer. Yeah, exactly. But then it goes back to you're not thriving. You're just simply existing. Not you, but a person who does that. You're just simply existing and not even living or enjoying what they can do in life or the, the amazing things that are in their life. Well, and I think it's easy, easier to get caught up in the story. Mm -hmm. The story is, and I know we've talked about this, I think, in the, our last show, and, and you talk about it a lot, too, right? Just in terms of what are you saying and what are you telling yourself about yes. this circumstance? And are you catastrophizing? Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Catastrophizing, yeah. <laughs> you can say it any way you want. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be perfect to be successful, sure, I assure yeah. you. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And, you know, are you really dramatizing the circumstances that you're given? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes it even harder to be resilient because then you're, you know, just everything is exaggerated. And one last thing before we jump into the book, but I, I think just to piggyback off what you're saying as well, is when we have an event or a situation happen in our life, if that becomes our identity, 
then unfortunately that's who we become. But the reality is an event we went through is just simply an event. It's not who we are. You're absolutely right. And I think back to having the surgery. And one of the reasons that I originally kept my the severity of my nerve pain and everything that was going on and all my doctor's appointments and uh, my lack of functionality at full throttle mm-hmm. for a lot of years, a secret, or at least within my very close-knit circle, was because I didn't want it to become my identity. Yeah. I was so... I have family members, I have friends who have had, you know, whether it's fibromyalgia or some sort of a, you know, cancer or something that's debilitating and they don't look for ways through it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They just wear it. Yeah, exactly. And that's who they become. And for some people, that's, that's the path they take. But those of those people who want to move beyond that and find a purpose, find perhaps a different way of life, but to find something so that they're in front of it, that they're in control of their life for whatever areas they are, uh, are able to. And in that, that's where people can have a different version of what thriving looks like. For some people, they'll be able to move beyond it. Other people, for whatever reasons, will have to stay in that as far as if it's a chronic disease and they're not able to find their path. But re-identifying who you are now as opposed to who you once were, because if we live in the past, if who we once were, and that's not who we are today, we'll always have that disconnect within us and we'll never feel as if we're moving forward. 100% agree. And I think it's a choice. Mm -hmm. So what's happening in your life often is without control. You don't have any control over it. And it's a choice on how you react to Mm -hmm. it. Yes. What is it? What do they say? It's 90. Life is 90% what um, 10% what happens to you 90% what you do with it. Have you heard that sure. before? Sure. Yeah, I've heard it before. And, you know, like any statistics, I, I think I've heard it's 80% or 95%. Or something like that, yeah. But there's a lot to be said for sure. your decision to make a choice, to be resilient and yes. not allow yourself to fall into victimhood because it's a very isolating place. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, difficult place. I was with a client yesterday doing a workshop and we were talking about this and there were, you know, a couple people on the, the team who are victims. Mm. And, you know, as we worked through and talked about this concept, it was easy for them to identify that they'd basically given up and they're, they're just, everything's a problem and yeah. everything's negative And there's just no, no, no passion mm. for finding a way through it, around it, over it, whatever that it is. Yes. Yes. And, and it's unfortunate because when you can recognize that and you're thinking, wow, there's so much more for you. And I, you know, I pray and hope that those people and just and, and people listening right now as well, that they realize that there's something greater than what they're experiencing today. Absolutely. And maybe there's a reason you're going through what you're going through. I, I look back on my journey and I, I know that it, it forced me to make better decisions with men, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. And, you know, before that, I was dating a con man. I've had a couple of those. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Not not good fellows uh, from, like, maybe verbally abusive or things like that. And when I had the surgery, I had to make some really serious decisions about where I was going to spend my time Mm. because there was limited yeah. And and by the way, I'm very able-bodied at this point in my life and, uh, you know, can t- tie that sort of aspect of my life back in. And, but like, I see that as a blessing. I see the blessing of having my mom move to town and uh, take care of me and, and become a very integral part of my success in being able to be resilient and becoming a resiliency ninja mm. is because I had that resource of my mom and not everybody has that resource. I understand sure. that. 
And yet for me, what a blessing. That's awesome. You know, we're both missing dad so much and uh, we, we've come together and, and have a great life together. So I really feel very happy and, and blessed. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, is that how you created the name of the, the, the title of your book? Married my mom, <laughs> birthed a dog, how to be resilient when life sucks? Yes, for the record, it is a joke. <laughs> yeah, well, I <laughs> no, assume it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Though, but that's funny. I'm sure some people may think it's literal, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Way. <laughs> no, it's definitely a joke. And the joke began, I guess it would have been early in the in the time when mom came to London. She'd moved there. We uh, got her a place above mine in the building I was in. And my, I'd met my dog, he, or he found me and, and became a source of joy at home. Mm. And I was having conversations with my friends, as you often do, and I would listen to them have a quick chat with their husband. And they'd say things like, what's for dinner? And how's your day going? And all of these sort of things that are very natural for you to have a conversation with uh-huh. the person you live with. And so I realized I was having the exact same conversations with my mom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've married my mom. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) And then a really good friend of mine had a toddler about two. And Winston was still very much in the puppy stage. Uh And we were trying to like we were on the phone while I was multitasking and trying to get out the door. And it was winter. I'm in Canada, so, you know, we have lots of snow, and so I'm trying to put on his coat and uh, get him to go pee-pees, you know, before we go and get in the car, and, so and she's like, oh my gosh, you're having the exact same conversation with your dog <laughs> that I am having with my toddler <laughs> to get him out it's the door, come on, <laughs> put this on. So, married my mom, birthed a dog, became a joke, yeah, <laughs> and it stuck, yeah. and it was, it was cute. And yet it's so representative of how I became resilient. Mm. Like one of like some of the greatest ingredients in my personal formula were my mom and my dog Winston. Yeah, that, that's absolutely amazing. What is your definition of resilience? That you can have joy and unlimited professional success no matter what challenges are blowing your way. Mm. That's great. And I think it's also that internal strength that you have um, that you didn't even realize you had. I mean, often resilience, in my opinion, and of course, you're the expert here on this one today. But my version of it, resilience as well, is like I said, having that internal strength. Sometimes you don't even know it's there until you have to have it, you know. And so sometimes we're like, oh, I don't have that much strength. And then when you look back on it, you're like, how in the world did I get through that? I have no idea how. So I like to think of it in the front end and the back end as well. Right. And one of the things I'd say to that is uh, a true resiliency ninja, as I talk about in the book, is some days you don't have strength. Mm. And some days we have to honor that and recognize that there are certain circumstances in our life where we can't just power through. Mm. And one of the biggest challenges and one of the reasons I think I, I broke down so much so when all of it was coming at me was because I always felt I had to power through. Uh, and when we power through from a place of strength, it's a positive in many circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it can be a deflection tool so that we That's don't true, actually yeah. process what it is that is happening to us or around us or for us or, or whatever the case may be. And so the reason that I, I look at it from a, a resiliency ninja, the joy and success no matter what's happening is because sometimes really bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. And if we're operating from a very confident place, from a place where we have faith that uh, it is going to, I'm going to be able to get through this. Yeah. 
and I have the tools I need in each of the moments based on whatever it is that's happening to move forward and not have it completely derail my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do people discover their resilience? Well, I, in the book, what I outline is the resiliency ninja formula. Okay. And it's really a process. It starts with your self-awareness. Sometimes we don't even recognize what's triggering us Mm -hmm. to need to be resilient. So, for example, I was talking with a a colleague of mine, and she said, I'm great until my ex-husband texts me. Oh, goodness, yeah. And then I go into a tailspin. And I said, okay, from a self-awareness perspective, let's name that. Because the truth is that trigger, you may never be able to change that trigger. What I want to coach you through to being more resilient is how do we feel that horrible emotion that you're feeling until we can process it later Mm -hmm. and get you back on track so that five minutes later, you're not still impacted by the fact that he's texted you and taken you out of your flow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think that's that's really great. You know, I think the whole part of it is every time we get triggered, I think many of us don't realize that we, it's so important to self-validate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, when we validate what we experience, it allows us to work as a team as opposed to if I were to say, James, you should not feel that way or you don't have time for that. Well, you're right. I mean, I have time for it per se, but if I don't allow myself to experience all the emotions that one feels, when I simply validate it, then I am going to allow myself to say, okay, now what do I do with it? Because if I just, if I don't validate it, then I'm working against myself. Just like if someone were to experience something, I'm like, oh, Allison, you shouldn't feel that way. You're better than that. Well, whether that's true or not, the point is, is we're not, you and I aren't working together. And when we don't right. work together, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you don't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so why would I all of a sudden give myself you know, this thing of James, just get over it. Well, feel it first and then come up with a plan internally. Exactly. And it's funny because one of the things I do in my keynote speech is talk about the cliches Mm. that people are giving. So uh, you just nailed like three of them, right? Let it go. (laughs) Get over it. Just breathe. Relax. Like, and it's like, I know it's coming from a really well-meaning place. Mm And it's not helpful. No, it's not helpful. No, it's not. <laughs> because in that moment, you don't want to hear anything. It's like, seriously? I mean, it's, it, yeah, I totally understand those cliches. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because validation, uh, even from the self-aware, because there's a whole bunch of stuff in the first part of the series and self, uh, self-awareness. And the validation piece is so critical, mm. especially when somebody has pain, physical yes, pain yes. or emotional pain, because it's a, and I've talked with a lot of people who suffer from chronic pain and the need to feel validated that their pain is worse than somebody else's and you don't understand, mm-hmm. like I so often from patients and I used to be that person. Somebody would say, oh, I get it. And I'd be like, no, you no, don't. you don't. Yeah. Pain, you know, and it's very different than regular pain when your nerves have been uh, damaged in this way. And so when I let go of that validation, mm-hmm. it was funny because I could turn myself inward to figure out how do I deal, how do I validate my own pain yes. and deal with it? Yeah. And that, that's probably one of the biggest things is, is uh, like we said earlier, is the self-validation is so much greater than any other type of validation. Because what if there's nobody around? You know, what if, right. what if people are saying all these negative things about you and all you have is yourself to defend yourself? All you have is yourself, your, uh, your self-talk to work you through something. So that self, just like we're talking about the resilience, <laughs> that self-resilience is one of the most powerful things as you validate yourself. 
Exactly. And actually, that feeds into the second part of the formula, which is your strength. Mm. So really looking at your mental, your physical, your emotional strength. And one of the biggest things in there is the internal messenger of both mm. that yeah. I talk about. How do you calm that internal voice that is your harshest critic and make friends with it? So that's the second part of the formula, the strength. And so throughout the book, the way it's, uh, well, actually, I'll tell you the formula first, and then I'll tell you the breakdown. But the, the last piece is the resourcefulness. And for me, the resources I used were, I, I found, like, for example, I was no longer able to drive myself to Toronto, which is the city where most of my clients at the time were located. And it was, uh, I would crash after I did a talk. Mm. So one of the resources I needed was somebody to drive me. And so then I could lie back, get comfortable and not have that extra strain so I could save myself for my clients. Yeah. So that was a type of resourcefulness. And so that that's what I talk about in the book. And the way I did it is because as much as it's about my story, what really matters is the subtitle, mm -hmm. how to be resilient when life sucks. Yes. So it is a toolkit for other people who are going through various levels of challenges in their life. And so that's a story, every chapter, very short, so it's easy to read, is a bit of my story and how I came, you know, whatever the, the example is that I have, mm -hmm. the lesson from it. And then every chapter has coaching questions to help you. Oh, that's you great. Your, yeah, that's wonderful. Yes. To help them think outside the box sure, and, and really make it relevant for their own life. Exactly. Because I didn't, I knew that when I was going to write this book, because I've been wanting to write it the whole time, that number one, I had to be through all my own issues. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't write about anything that I hadn't overcome and felt like I had successfully overcome it or I'm, st I'm able to deal with it now. Yes. Number one. Second thing, I didn't want to have therapy in a book. Exactly. That was, that was important for me. Yes. And so, you know, feeds into the first point. And I wanted to be sure that the story was being told so that it can help other mm -hmm. people. Because there are many people that are in similar situations as yourself to live. You went through a decade of hell. Many people have gone through so many things where it's devastated them. And this gives them hope. This gives them a roadmap to help them find their own resilience, but also to recognize that perhaps they have more strengths than what they realize. You know, sometimes we think we're just so alone and so isolated. And yes, that may be true. But when you rethink things a little bit differently, you may realize that there are a lot more strengths in your life than what you thought. 100% agree. And I think it's... Uh the the book you don't have to go through it somebody said to me well i've only gone through a little bit of hell i didn't last a decade <laughs> and i said <laughs> it's okay you don't have to go through all of it sure. i think one of the reasons i went through so many things the because it wasn't just the physical then it became the isolation because i was in too much pain to go out and socialize mm -hmm. so then i lost friends and i was letting people down and then i got depressed and then for a while i had a real struggle with financially because i i wasn't minding the business the way sure. i should have and so it was this domino effect and it didn't happen. It doesn't happen in isolation. You don't go through, you know, a personal issue and then between nine and five, it's not an issue anymore. Exactly. Right? Like it doesn't exactly. Stop <laughs> and so I think even if somebody is just feeling like they're really stressed out and really overwhelmed, this book is going to have huge value for you because it's going to help you really put that into perspective and give you tools so that you are no longer stressed and overwhelmed and you you know how to be resilient in your everyday life and practice that so that when the big stuff happens you also can be resilient exactly and i love it i love that this it has a whole spectrum of people who are perhaps struggling on a daily basis to some people who have had this chronic version of a struggle so that's amazing
So, Allison Graham, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to buy this amazing book, Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, where would they find this information online? Come on to my website. It's r-ninja.com. So r-ninja. And of course, the book is available through your favorite retailers online. So you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, wherever you'd like to go uh, to get a copy and come over and say hi to me on social media. But it's all available through r-ninja.com. Excellent. Well, Allison, I'm going to also put your book, Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, on my website. So if my listeners aren't able to find it on any of the other uh, stores, just simply go to James Miller Lifeology and you can purchase it directly through Amazon from my site. Allison Graham, once again, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. We've absolutely loved this talk. And once again, my listeners, be aware that this is a second part in a two-part series. So once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you can hear the first episode as well. Allison, thank you once again. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.